Welcome to Chicago History and Automotive Heaven. World-class restaurants, arts, entertainment, and theaters. First skyscraper, 1890. Tallest buildings, beautiful lakefront. Stories on pioneers and industry leaders that made a difference in America. Welcome, everybody. My name is Richie Z. I am your host of Chicago History and Automotive Heaven. Check out our website, our podcast site. Every one of these shows that we do is on my podcast site, and that is at www.richiez, like in zebra, ie.com, richiez.com. You can listen to a podcast of each and every one of these shows. There's plenty of tips on there that will save you money, time, and aggravation. And check out our video uh, department on there. We have 15 vintage television shows, and we're going to be loading some more on. So um, the shows are doing very well on the podcast site. In fact, we're going to be debuting soon, I'm hoping, on television in Chicago, Illinois, on Channel 25. So we're working on that. We've been talking to them. Today, you know, this show, we, we talk about industry leaders and pioneers uh, well, today is one of my favorites. Uh, he was a giant in Chicago. And actually, he became known as one of the founding fathers of Chicago. One of, because there was a lot of people working to build Chicago into what we have today. Today, we're going to be doing the story on the Palmers. Potter Palmer and Bertha Honoré Palmer, his wife. Potter Palmer was born on May twentieth, 1826, and he passed away on May fourth, 1902. He was an American businessman, and he was responsible for the development of State Street. He was born in Potter Hollow, New York. You know, an interesting point about Potter was that the first two businesses that he had, he actually went bankrupt in. But he came to Chicago, and that's where he really built an enterprise that we're going to be covering in today's show. You know, when he first came to Chicago, everybody thinks, you know, Potter Palmer, Palmer House Hotel. When he first came to Chicago... He was around 25 years old in 1852, and he founded a dry goods store, they called it at the time, Potter Palmer and Company on Lake Street in Chicago, Illinois. Unlike other stores at the time, he focused and catered to women. He encouraged them and their patronage of his store. That's what really made him take off. There was a policy that he instrumented, no questions asked return policy. Before that, nobody was giving any money back or anything like that. Nobody really even catered to the clientele. But Potter Palmer made a fortune by doing just that. Potter Palmer was the first one to actually build the fronts of his stores with large windows for display, and he wasn't afraid to put the prices down. You know, back then you had to go into a store and actually negotiate 
barter, whatever it was, to, to, to buy your item. Potter Palmer was the first one to actually put the price of the item on it. So when Potter's doctor urged him to get out of the business in 1865 because of ill health, he brought in some partners. Marshall Field was actually working for him at the time as a salesman and a manager. He became a manager with Potter Palmer and his uh, dry goods store. And Levy Lefter, the trio joined forces and renamed the firm Fields, Palmer, and Levy and Company. The store would eventually develop into a Midwest department store chain owned by Marshall Field, and it became at that time Marshall Field and Company. Now, this is an interesting part of Potter Palmer's history Potter Palmer was involved in real estate. He was actually a real estate mogul. Uh, by 1867, he partnered with a number of other real estate investors, and Potter Palmer himself actually owned 32 buildings in Chicago by 1871. The Palmer House was one of them. In fact, he married Bertha Honore, who was actually 23 years his junior. She was 23 years younger than him. Uh, and he gave her the Palmer House Hotel as a gift, a wedding present. Well, a few, a short time, we had the Great Chicago Fire and the hotel burned to the ground. You know, an interesting part about this story is Potter Palmer first saw Bertha when she was 13 years old. He was a young businessman in Chicago. She was 13 years old. He fell in love with her immediately, and he waited seven years until she turned 21, and then he married her. So now we have the Great Chicago Fire. This is a a thing that... uh, we're going to be doing in, in future shows, but I want to tell you a little bit about it. Um, it was October 8th, 845, the Great Chicago Fire started. It burned for 31 hours. Over 4,000 buildings were taken out. 2,000 acres were burnt. 120 miles of sidewalks. 73 miles of roads were taken out also. Over 300 people were killed. It's interesting. I I, I get asked a lot. I, I do a lot of tours of Chicago and that. I've been asked a lot. Where was it? How big of an area was it and all of that? Well, the people that live in Chicago can uh, uh, understand where I'm going to be coming from with this one. Halstead Street was on the west side. Roosevelt Road was on the south side. The Chicago River was on the east side. And on the north side, it was Fullerton, uh, just a little bit north of Fullerton Avenue. Well, Potter Palmer at the time in 1871, with his 32 buildings in that, was worth in excess of $7 million. Folks, this was 1871. 
if you were working in the trades, if you made 75 cents a day, that was, that was like the going rate. You were doing well, maybe a dollar a day. Well, Potter Palmer was worth in excess of seven million dollars. But the sad part about it is all his buildings were in this area that I just talked about with the great Chicago fire. Now, Potter Palmer at the time, he did make millions in his Palmer, Potter Palmer and Company dry goods store. He invested it, but he was well known worldwide already as a, a very strong businessman. Well, in 1871, right after the fire, he acquired a loan of $1.7 million to start rebuilding Chicago. An amazing amount. You know, one thing that just came to my mind I have to mention, um, Chicago has been idolized by a lot of people. One of the things, if you've ever seen the television, uh, the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, the Christmas movie. It's on television every year at Christmas time. Well, there's a character in that movie. His name is Mr. Potter. Well, they took the character from Potter Palmer in Chicago, Illinois. He was a developer and a ruthless businessman. You know, you, you have to be ruthless to be in business to do uh, what Potter Palmer actually ended up doing. So the real estate career, and let me let me get into this, because after the Great Chicago Fire, a lot of the businessmen were going to rebuild no matter what. There was a group of them, it's written in one of the books I read an article about, a number of the very uh, wealthy businessmen met on State Street. Marshall Field was one of the guys, uh, Montgomery Ward, Potter Palmer was there. There was a number of other people. Marshall Field, they were talking about Chicago Fire and all of this stuff. And some of the other businessmen on the street said, you know, we're getting out of here. You know, this is crazy. Marshall Field spoke up and said, I don't care how many times it burns down, I'm rebuilding. I'm staying in Chicago. Potter Palmer had the same attitude with having money to back up his mouth, he went out and bought up the land of those business people that didn't want to rebuild here, that wanted to leave Chicago. At the time, folks, he started rebuilding the Palmer House Hotel on State Street, but also, when you think about it, he was buying up all that land that people didn't want to rebuild on. Potter Palmer actually owned in excess of one mile of land on State Street in downtown Chicago. Well, you know, the wonderful part about Chicago is we always learn from things that happen. I don't, I don't want to call it a mistake or, you know, but a, it was a tragedy what happened. But the first Chicago was built in wood, completely in wood. And when it we had, in 1871, a very, very hot summer. You know that wood dries out when it gets very hot out. Our fire-fighting 
capability back then was not anywhere near what it should have even been, but nobody worried about that when they were building Chicago. A fire started, hot summer, the wood always dried out, so that's what happened. Now, we learned and we started rebuilding our city where you could not build with wood anymore. You had to build with stone, uh, limestone, terracotta, glass, steel, uh, brick. So all of these uh, surfaces, granite, that I'm talking about were all fireproof. Well, they started rebuilding the city, and Potter Palmer stopped them from building. He stopped the city. He stopped the developers. He had a lot of pullback then, and thank goodness he did because he made them, the architects, widen State Street by 30 feet. There wasn't enough space before the fire for people to do their shopping in. It was like rush hour, 12, 16 hours a day for the merchants. People had a difficult time getting in and out. Because of Potter Palmer, they widened it, and we have what we have today. You know, the Mag Mile we did a few weeks ago on our show, and they widened that about 60 feet. But... uh I think Burnham got the idea from Potter Palmer when they widened State Street. So here we go. Potter Palmer starts rebuilding the Palmer House Hotel. Well, it was one of the most beautiful things. At the time, it was the most beautiful hotel in the Northern Hemisphere, in the world, really. But he started building, and they designed a building that was eight stories tall. Now, this was unheard of for a building back in the 1800s because how do you get the luggage up and down eight stories, let alone having the people walk staircases eight stories up and eight stories down? This is an interesting part about Potter Palmer, a visionary, a dreamer, dreamer that I say made dreams come true. He brought in a railroad company and had them devise a miniature type of railroad that was perpendicular. And they installed it into the hotel between floors to have people going up and down in the hotel. He was the beginning of elevators in America. I tried to find out if anybody else started doing something in Europe, but at the time there was nothing around Potter Palmer's idea uh, was to do that in the Palmer House Hotel. Two Chefs Cafe and Catering, 3 South Center Street, Bensonville, Illinois. Call 630-766-6030. Quality food. Codes the atmosphere. Let us cater your next event. Have your next party or event at Two Chefs. Weddings, birthday parties, showers, funeral luncheons. We can accommodate parties from 10 people to 150 in our elegant establishment. Call 630-766-6030. Mention Chicago History and Automotive Heaven and get 15% off. 
Folks, email me. Let me know what you think of our show, but also I will get you a voucher. I'll email you back a voucher to get 15% off a meal at Two Chefs Cafe and Catering. Dr. James Izzo, DDS, Miles of Smiles Dental Work, General Dentistry. Call 708-983-3670. We're located at 7234 West North Avenue. That's Cameo Towers in Elmwood Park, Illinois. Call our office and mention Chicago History and Automotive Heaven and get a special on teeth bleaching, teeth whitening, folks. Normally it goes for $199. Mention our show and you get it for $89. Call 708-983-3670. Folks, also you can go to our website and all of our sponsors are listed. Please patronize our sponsors because without them, we will not be on the air. Magic Video and Television Productions. Complete wedding package includes church ceremony, reception, cake cutting, toast, first dance, and much more. Anniversary, retirement parties, banquets, reunions, any special event. Quality work with digital cameras dedicated to make your event special and memorable. Call 312-450-2750. We capture those treasured moments forever. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie Z, the host of uh, Chicago History, and this is one of the most, uh, I think it's one of the most interesting stories of Chicago and what transpired. You know, I just uh, did the first segment on Potter Palmer, and boy, I, I, we didn't even uncover a third of what he accomplished in our first segment, but I don't want to leave this person out because, uh, as I called Potter Palmer, he was known as one of the founding fathers of Chicago. Bertha Honore Palmer, his wife, was actually known as the queen of Chicago society. This lady, uh, I'm going to do the next segment on, and deservingly so, was uh, an amazing uh, lady in Chicago. And we're going to touch on some of the things that she did in her career here and being married to Potter Palmer. Uh, Bertha Honore Palmer was actually born on May 22nd, 1849. She passed away on May 5th, 1918. She was an American businesswoman, a socialite, and a philanthropist. She was married to Potter Palmer. She was really key in a lot of things that happened in the World's Fair of 1893. In fact, there was an exhibit in the World's Fair for women. It was a women, it was called the Woman's Building. She had an impressive art collection of over 300 paintings, impressionistic art. In fact, after the great uh, uh, the uh, World's Fair of 1893, I'm going to just roll right into this. Uh, she was one of the key philanthropists in Chicago to help save a building. 
that we still have today. It's worth talking about. The building was originally called the Palace of Fine Art. Today we know it as the Art Institute of Chicago. Bertha actually donated 29 paintings at the time in 1893 after the fair to the Art Institute, the Palace of Fine Art. I think it was for the fair, but she donated 29 impressionistic art paintings to them. Uh, after her death, she donated the rest of her collection, which was about 300 paintings, a number of them by Monet and Rembrandt. That's why to this very day, we have the largest impressionistic art paintings, masterpieces, at the Art Institute of Chicago. But she also orchestrated a lot of parties and brought a lot of wealthy people together, philanthropists together, and raised the money to save that building. You know, one of these days we will do the fair, because that's an interesting story, but People ask me all the time, and I'm just trying to touch on things that are really important, uh, why we don't have any of the buildings from the World's Fair of 1893. Well, it was a one-year fair. They were put up, um, I don't want to say, they were put up not to last. Let's put it that way. They were put up in wood, plaster Paris, and things on that, material that wouldn't last screening and that. In fact, when they were building the World's Fair of 1893, I think you can all relate to the last winter we've had throughout the whole Midwest and even down south, freezing cold temperatures day in and day out, snowfall and all of that. Well, while they were building the World's Fair, they had the same thing. So even before they opened the doors, they had to actually go back and touch up everything with plaster and repaint things. Um, but the materials, when they were putting it all together and doing it because of the cold weather, froze. So when it started to thaw, things shrank and cracked and all of that. But Bertha was one of the people that uh, really went on to uh, save that building, and, and it's a wonderful thing that, that she did. So many wonderful people have studied at the uh, Art Institute of Chicago to this very day, uh, we have exhibits from all over the world coming to Chicago. I've been in downtown a lot, so when we get these exhibits that come from uh, other state, other countries and that, um, there's lines out the door. So, and it is just a, a golden, I call, I call buildings like this, um, jewels in Chicago. You know, there's so many little things that, uh, we will be covering throughout the uh, show we're doing, and you'll hear more about some of these other jewels. But uh, let's get back into Bertha. You know, she was 21 years old when she married Potter. Potter was 44 years old, so 23 years younger than than him. Uh, at the time... Chicago, um, after the fire and all of that, she was a key person in rebuilding everything and really getting uh, everything going. But uh, 
the women's movement, the women's fair and all of that. You know, back then, women had really no rights. They weren't even allowed to vote. So she was a key person in starting organizations. In fact, she was a president of the Board of Women's Managers, was Bertha Palmer in 1891. You know, I want to get into this really. I just want to really touch on um, something about this whole group and, and her. Potter loved her. There was nothing else he ever wanted in his life uh, but Bertha, and she was wonderful for him. You know, they say behind every strong man, successful man, there's a strong, successful woman. And uh, if you look at this story, um, you'll see that Bertha Palmer was exactly that. In fact, for the World's Fair... She had a, a wonderful sit-down dinner at the World's Fair for the women's organization. She told the caterers at the Palmer House, they were the ones catering this event, she told them, she says, I don't want pastry or cake or anything after dinner. I want something that the ladies can put in a napkin and walk around the fair. Thus the brownie was invented because of Bertha Honoré Palmer. You know, I want to get into a story. Like I said, Potter really loved her beyond belief. Potter and Bertha both always lived in the Gold Coast area. In fact, rumor has it that Potter bought a lot of land and started developing the Gold Coast also. Well, They started building a mansion. Bertha and Potter started building uh, the Palmer Mansion, it was going to be called, on the lakefront of Chicago around North Avenue. Well, the mansion was supposed to cost in excess of about $100,000. Potter hired some of the finest architects that he knew, and he told them, Give the lady what she wants. Anything that Bertha wanted, she could have. So instead of him working with the builders for this mansion, Bertha did. Well, Potter started getting bills into his office in excess of $800,000. It was no longer known as the Potter, the Palmer Mansion, uh, Word around town, they were naming it the Palmer Castle. She actually had them build her a 70-person dining room that could entertain 70 people comfortably for dinner. Uh, it was an amazing thing. Potter Palmer's secretary came up to him and asked him, uh, what do you want me to do with this? You know, bills are coming in in excess of $800,000. He said, I don't want to see them anymore. I don't want to see any more bills. Whatever comes in, just pay it. Don't bother Bertha. Don't bother the architects or the builders. Just pay it. You know, being a, a, a Chicago historian, loving Chicago the way I do, it's a sad thing because uh, I've told the story a number of times and people always ask, is the building still there? 
why was it torn down and all of that stuff. Well, you know, after Potter Palmer actually died in the building, and so did Bertha. Uh, but, you know, after a, uh, an amount of time, you know, the building was just really, you know, a white, it was huge. In fact, they called it the fishbowl, people, because of the design of it. Well, the building was actually sold after Bertha's death to George Bendix, the guy who used to make starters for automobiles, for $3 million. He made a number of repairs to the building and that, but the building itself, uh, after a number of years, uh, Bendix actually put it up for sale again. Well, all he could get was $2 million for the building. Uh, that was the amount of the mortgage on the building. So, in the uh, rumor has it that the uh, Palmer sons, Honoré Palmer and Palmer Jr., uh, Potter Jr., the second, actually bought the building back for $2 million. Uh, but after uh, Bertha passed away, they had her lay out and stayed in the building. They kind of lost interest in the building, too, and it saved, sat vacant for a number of years. Now, I talk about this in detail when I do my tours because sometimes people ask me about buildings that were here, and, you know, I've had it where I know the history of the buildings. I know all about what and how beautiful they were. The Art Deco design buildings were one of my favorites, and they're gone today. So it's like a, a vacant part of you. You know you know it was there and that. Well, the reason that this building, in fact, uh, nobody purchased and actually did anything with was because buildings like this fall in disarray and to put it back to the status it was, don't forget, I told you, 1800s, 1882 to 85, it took three, or three, four years to build this building. Um, it cost a million dollars. To put it back in pristine condition, it would probably cost, you know, back in the 40s, 20 million, 25 million. So nobody would want to invest in uh, anything like that. But if you want to kind of get an idea of what we're talking about with buildings like this and that, well, down at North Avenue in the lakefront is the only mansion that's still standing, and that is the mansion that is owned by the Chicago Catholic Archdiocese. That's where our cardinal of the city of, of the state of Illinois, city of Chicago, actually resides. Now, that building was built in 1880, so you can get a kind of a feel of what it was like down there. You know, the Palmers used to entertain a lot, and that's one of the reasons Bertha did what she did with uh, uh, the 70-person uh, dining room and that. In fact, they entertained people like the President of the United States. Now, Ulysses S. Grant was related to one of them, and I've been trying to find it. I, I read it a while back, a number of years ago, but uh, they were like third or fourth cousins. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say uh, Bertha or uh, Potter, but he, he was related to one of them, and they actually entertained him while he was president um, at, at the mansion. 
at the castle, as we call it, you know, now. Uh, one of the reasons I brought this up right now, we have Grant Park in downtown Chicago. Bertha was key in actually uh, orchestrating the naming of the lakefront uh, Grant Park in memory of uh, Ulysses S. Grant. You know, I'm going to keep going with today's show. Uh, I, this is just such a phenomenal story. You know, after Potter passed away, uh, Potter actually left Bertha his fortune, you know, a, a, a mass amount of money. But an interesting point is he also left the money in his will to her next husband, should she remarry. And he wrote in the will, you're going to need this to keep Bertha happy. He never wanted to see her ever be unhappy. You know, people ask all the time, uh, did she remarry? When I tell that story and I'm doing tours and that, uh, there were a lot of rumors in 1902 after uh, Potter passed away uh, that she was going to marry a man with a title. Uh, they had homes in London, in Paris. Well, the title of some of the men that uh, were used in newspaper articles were the Earl of Munster, the Duke of Athens, uh, the Prince of Monaco, and the King of Siberia. But Bertha never did remarry. Uh, she uh, actually, the weather started getting to her here in Chicago, the cold weather and that. They lived in the Gold Coast area. And uh, she moved down to a place called Sarasota, Florida. Well, this is an interesting story. Because she actually bought up over 80,000 acres of land in Sarasota. One of the third largest land uh, developments in the world at the time. And then she bought 19,000 more. Well, she started developing Florida, Sarasota, and actually... In less than seven years, doubled the family fortune. A lot of the land was not developed yet in that. After she passed away, her sons went down there and actually sold off the land that was not developed. You know, it's interesting to hear these stories because they actually had to go and uh, clean up and make some more money. You know... I want to get into some more of this uh, about uh, uh, Bertha and that. You know, I'm telling this story today because it's a wonderful story of Chicago. Everywhere you look, you know, their hotel, the second hotel, had 700 rooms in it. You know, the first hotel with an elevator system back in 1872 that was installed. You know, that wasn't the end of it, though, because 50 years later, 1924 through 1927, they rebuilt the hotel again. The sons did. Well, what they ended up doing is doing two phases of construction. 
So the hotel never was uh, vacant or torn down. They tore down half of it and started building a new hotel on that site. When that half was completed, they moved any of the uh, people that were in the hotel over to the new section, tore down the old section again, and rebuilt it. You know, the Palmer House itself I want to get into a little bit because it was a part of both of them, you know, Bertha and uh, Potter. It became the place in Chicago. Uh, the restaurants were the finest in the world. Uh, Potter Palmer actually put in a barber shop, a whole floor he uh, designed for uh, a barber shop, beauty shop, and all of that. But he actually had them put in the floor 300 silver dollars to show that uh, he was, uh, you know, wealthy, that the, the hotel was doing well. But uh, other wealthy businessmen admired that. They were able to go uh, to their to the hotel and get everything that they needed. They had an 85-foot bar put in. Can you imagine 85 feet long? Well, that was the meeting place of Chicago. I mean, when you went downtown, you stopped for a drink. If you had a convention downtown at that time, the Palmer House was where you had your convention. There was no McCormick Place or anything like that. It was the Palmer House that did that. In fact, we did the story on... Uh, the Wizard of Oz just recently, well, they had a book fair there in 1900 at the Palmer House in their convention area, their banquet hall, whatever you want to call it, and they sold 15,000 books. Uh, Bertha was key in entertaining. Potter kind of, uh, you know, as he got up in age, he kind of uh, didn't enjoy the entertainment and all of that. He he did a little more resting and stuff like that, but Bertha did the entertaining and uh, at the Palmer House. Um, you know, it's it's cool that we still. This is the oldest hotel in the world. It's over a hundred and thirty years old under the same name and all of that. Even though this is what I respect about some businessmen, I think they're smart. The building, the, the Palmer House was actually sold a number of years ago. In fact, I'll even tell you who bought it. Hilton Corporation bought, uh, Conrad Hilton wanted the Palmer House. He loved that place. And he actually did end up purchasing it. And I'll tell you something that I believe is classy about Conrad Hilton. He knew that that place and that name was respected worldwide and he wouldn't change it. For the world, I mean, he left it alone as the Palmer House. You know, uh, that's one of the wonderful things about this story. Magic Video and Television Productions. Complete wedding package includes church ceremony, reception, cake cutting, toast, first dance, and much more. Anniversary, retirement parties, banquets, reunions, any special event. Quality work with digital cameras dedicated to make your event special and memorable. Call 312-450-2750. We capture those treasured moments forever. Two Chefs Cafe and Catering, 3 South Center Street, Bensonville, Illinois. 
Call 630-766-6030. Quality food, cozy atmosphere. Let us cater your next event. Have your next party or event at Two Chefs. Weddings, birthday parties, showers, funeral luncheons. We can accommodate parties from 10 people to 150 in our elegant establishment. Call 630-766-6030. Mention Chicago History and Automotive Heaven and get 15% off. Folks, email me. Let me know what you think of our show, but also... I will get you a voucher. I'll email you back a voucher to get 15% off a meal at Two Chefs Cafe and Catering. Magic Video and Television Productions. Complete wedding package includes church ceremony, reception, cake cutting, toast, first dance, and much more. Anniversary, retirement parties, banquets, reunions, any special event. Quality work with digital cameras dedicated to make your event special and memorable. Call 312-450-2750. We capture those treasured moments forever. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie Z, the host of uh, Chicago History and Automotive Heaven. I want to mention a few things. Uh, Number one, uh, check out our website, our podcast site. Every one of these shows that we do is podcast. So if you like what you're hearing, please turn us on to your friends. Let them know what's going on. Uh, we are going to start loading some automotive shows. I just got started and got on a kick with this uh, Chicago uh, story. I've always loved Chicago, born and raised here, Uh the biggest comment I've always received when I've done tours and that is that uh, I actually sound Chicago. I have the uh, Chicago jargon in that. Um, but check out our website, our podcast site at uh, www.richiez, like in zebra, ie.com. Listen, folks, uh, I'm famous for a number of things. I've been in the media for 25 years on television, local and network stations, uh, and also radio. But I did start a segment a number of years ago. It's been about six years ago when I started radio. And that's called, If You Have an Automotive Glitch, Don't Bitch, Email Rich. If you email me your glitch and we use it on the show, I will actually send you a uh, gift certificate to, uh, let's see, we got a lot of stuff in our prize closet. I'll tell you what, I'll let you decide. I'll give you a $25 gift certificate to Two Chefs Cafe and Catering, or I'll give you four tickets to the Hudson Museum and ship to Shauna, uh, Indiana. So you get to pick either one of those. So we've done very well. In fact, uh, I'm working on a story that... Uh, we did a number of years ago, a lady called in and had a glitch with, uh, she had a wonderful question. I just, I can't, you know, we're working on putting this story together now with spring out and that, and that is uh, how to get stains out of your interior on your automobile, carpeting, seats, and and, and et cetera. You know, she was saying she had a lot of kids, and uh, they spilled things and that, and I'm thinking to myself, there's drive-thrus, and... What a wonderful question. I think everybody has picked up a cup of coffee or, or pop or whatever it is, uh, mustard or something squirted out of the hamburger or whatever. 
and got all over the interior. So we're going to work on that segment. You know, I want to close out um, today's Chicago History Show with uh, uh, the, the segment we did today about uh, Potter Palmer and Bertha Honore Palmer with uh, a thing that I usually say when I do my tours and I get on to this uh, subject. Can you imagine, can you comprehend how many people these two individuals put to work with good-paying jobs throughout their lifetime? Potter Palmer, you know, when he came to Chicago, Illinois, he struck it rich. He was a hard-working businessman and became a millionaire. Before that, you know, um, he had two businesses in New York, and, and um, they went bankrupt. But in his 50 years here in Chicago, I would venture to say they'd have to had employed millions of people in good-paying jobs with benefits and all. Um, Bertha went on, and like I say, can you imagine... She bought like over 100,000 acres down in Florida and put in uh, dairy farms and cattle ranches and just developed uh, so many, so many acres down in Florida. Uh, can you imagine how many people she put to work down there? You know, uh, these people, when you look at what they did from Chicago, Illinois, is just mind-boggling. They made a fortune, but people around them uh, were hired. It wasn't at this venture capitalist where they went in and destroyed somebody's business and cashed it out for money and destroyed people's uh, uh, pensions and all of that stuff. That's in the news constantly. These people, by creating, building, developing innovating, inventing, put millions of people to work where people could uh, work and make a nice living for their families. You know, one other thing I do want to mention, too, is, you know, uh, Potter Palmer and Bertha lived on the, the Gold Coast area, we call it. Well, rumor has it that, you know, he was key in buying up a lot of the land up there when there was nothing there after the Great Chicago Fire. So he was key in developing that area. And then, you know, we we talked about Burnham uh, with the Magnificent Mile. He drew the city plan in 1909, and he widened the streets. Now, I have read in stories... Uh, that uh, he got the idea to do that on the Mag Mile because of Potter Palmer and what he did on State Street. You know, folks, sometimes I'm asked, where do you come up with these stories? Where do you get your information? Where do you... The computer is pretty uh, uh, used a lot. I'll, I'll have to say that. I start Googling things and that. But I, I've partnered with a, uh, a publishing company, it's called Arcadia Publishing, and their books are phenomenal. In fact, some of the information, some of the information used in today's show was from Arcadia Publishing. It's a wonderful read. What I love about Arcadia Publishing also is that they 
actually have a lot of pictures, even from the 17 and 1800s. So um, when you read a story, um, you not only – I love when I read a story, but I'm able to see it visually because – it tell the vision tells the story too, and it gets you more into writing these stories that we do. But if you want a really fantastic read about Chicago hotels, we probably will be doing these other two. We will in the near future. But go to Arcadia Publishing and Chicago's Grand Hotels, the Palmer House Hilton, the Drake, and the Hilton Chicago, which originally was the Stevens Hotel. And uh, I guarantee you, you're going to love it. And I've gotten a lot of uh, shows that we've done in that we've used Arcadia Publishing uh, for information. And like I say, inspiration because of the pictures that are uh, put into the book. Listen, we're going to be doing a lot of segments. I'm going to I'm going to move on in today's show. Hope you enjoyed what we did on Bertha and uh, Potter. But we're going to go into uh, tips that save you time, money, and aggravation. We're going to start doing some of these uh, hopefully every week in the show. Um, first off, a lot of you have a, a, a product called Febreze around your home. You use it to make things smell nice. Now, if you still have the old-fashioned bottles that you spray, you actually pump spray, I can save you a lot of money. Take the bottle and put four ounces of downy fabric softener in and fill the rest of it with water, and you will have uh, Febreze in your bottle. So for probably about, uh, I want to say, 40 cents, 50 cents, you can make a quart of Febreze to use around your your house. Now, this is a tip that's for men and women. So when you hear me saying it, you won't just say, oh, uh, a razor. Everybody uses a razor. Women, uh, a lot of you use them on your legs, underarms, and things. Men use it on their faces and that. If you get a quality razor, you will not have to replace it for over a month. What we want you to do is get an on-the-rocks glass. Or if it's in your bathroom, try to find something plastic at the dollar store or whatever. Put one ounce of olive oil in that glass. When you are done using your razor, I want you to rinse it out, tap the the hair and, and stuff out of it, and drop it into the olive oil and leave it in there until you need to use it again. Interesting point about razors, um, they don't get dull, what actually ends up happening happening to them, you use the razor, you put it away, and then you go to use it again, and it's not working like it was the first time you used it, so you throw it away. Well, by doing the olive oil, you prevent the razors from rusting. Razors are made with high-strength steel, but high-strength steel are, are tempered to a certain temperature where now if it gets wet, it'll start to rust immediately. By dropping it in the olive oil, you prevent the rust from happening, and you can use your razor over and over and over. I buy quality razors, and I've been known to go six weeks, sometimes even two months, depending on the razor. 
I like using olive oil because it's uh, an oil that we actually digest in our body. So mineral oil doesn't have that same kind of um, uh, property that the olive oil has. And it's gentle to your skin. You know, I mean, you're, you're eating it in your food. You're putting it on uh, bread and stuff. So I like the idea of using olive oil. And if you'd like, you could even use virgin olive oil. Now, another great tip that'll save you money around the bathroom. We're in the bathroom and, and household tips right now. A tub and tile cleaner. Now, you buy these containers, these pints or quart containers. If you read any of them, and I really do suggest you do, it says on all of them, use in a well-ventilated area. Now, I have never been in a shower where it's well-ventilated. There's usually no windows in the shower or anything. Uh, you know, there might be an exhaust fan in there, but they don't want you to breathe the chemicals that you're, that are in, that is in these, uh, actual cleaners. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get a, a plastic gallon container. I want you to buy a bottle of, uh, a gallon of, of Clorox bleach. It's one of the best cleaners, disinfectants, mold killers, and on and on. I want you to put three cups of Clorox bleach into this gallon container. But then I want you to go, preferably the inexpensive dishwashing liquids. I like to go to the dollar store. They have a brand that's a quart bottle, and it's it's not harmful to your hands when you're washing dishes and all of that. I want you to put about 12 to 16 ounces of this dish soap into this gallon container with the three cups of Clorox bleach. And I want you to fill it the rest of the way with water. Shake it up really well. Let it stand for a little while. Let the suds go down and put it in your spray bottle. And it's, you have a wonderful tub and tile cleaner that is not as harmful to be breathing as those chemicals that you're buying right now. I am not going to tell you that it's the save-all and this and that. Yes, Put a mask on or or turn your head, but you can spray this area down. Like I say, number one, the Clorox is a disinfectant, a mold killer, an excellent cleaner. I think everybody will agree with me. But dishwashing liquid, it's wonderful. It's a product that doesn't leave a residue behind. You wash your dishes, you rinse them, and there's nothing on them. So... These two chemicals, number one, I'll be honest with you, I, I came up with this idea myself a number of years ago when I was doing the seminars, uh, home improvement and energy saving seminars, but uh, the dishwashing liquid also cuts that powerful smell and, uh, and an odor from the Clorox bleach. So that's a wonderful tip. We're going to be doing a lot of these tips in the shows in the uh, in coming uh, uh, shows in that one thing I want to mention I just I went out and washed the car the other day but I also and every one of you need to do this right now I mean today tomorrow the next day go and check all the air in your tires 
And I did something. I remembered when I was doing this, I used to have a caller on my radio show, uh, Motor City Madhouse. He'd call every season. Make sure you check the spare. Make sure you check the spare. Well, I opened my trunk the other day. I was vacuuming the car. I was filling the... Each tire needed about five to eight pounds of pressure. The spare in my car was about five pounds. So I put the 50 pounds that was needed. And the reason I'm giving you this tip right now is for one reason only. Chicago, and I guess the whole Midwest, looks like Beirut after the bombing with the potholes everywhere. In fact, a few weeks ago on my motorcycle, I blew the rim and two tires. So if you fill the tires to the proper air pressure, the maximum proper air pressure, it's on your left door in the jam. There should be a sticker that tells you what's good for your car. Don't go by what's on the tire. Go by what your car tells you on the left door jam, the driver's door jam. But also check that spare because if you do have a uh, blowout or whatever, uh, if you hit one of these potholes, at least you'll be able to pull over, pull over when it's safe, and uh, uh, change your tire. You know, we're coming up to the end of the show. I'm Richie Z, and for the uh, Chicago History and Automotive Heaven radio show, I'd like to say it was a, a pleasure and an honor to have you as my uh, listeners today. Remember to support my sponsors, because without them, we will not be on the air. If you have a recession-fighting sale a business, a product, or a service, advertise on our show. Become a sponsor. Call Richie Z at 312-450-2750. Or go to our podcast site at www.richiezie.com. I'm Richie Z, and until next week, folks, uh, thank you for listening. Magic Video and Television Productions. Complete wedding package includes church ceremony, reception, cake cutting, toast, first dance, and much more. Anniversary, retirement parties, banquets, reunions, any special event. Quality work with digital cameras dedicated to make your event special and memorable. Call 312-450-2750. We capture those treasured moments forever. Dr. James Izzo, DDS, Miles of Smiles Dental Work, General Dentistry, call 708-983-3670. We're located at 7234 West North Avenue, that's Cameo Towers in Elmwood Park, Illinois. Call our office and mention Chicago History and Automotive Heaven and get a special on teeth bleaching, teeth whitening, folks. Normally it goes for $199. Mention our show and you get it for $89. Call 708-983-3670. Folks, also, you can go to our website and all of our sponsors are listed. Please patronize our sponsors because without them, we will not be on the air.